Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Svedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm excited to share with you this afternoon a program called Nine Key Strategies for Booking Paid Speaking Engagements. And, of course, this is for public speakers, for those who already are and for those who want to be. And our guest today is Celine Horan and all the way from Australia. So excited to hear what she has to share with us during the next hour. You are going to discover three ways to prove your value to a meeting planner. The four things meeting planners need from their speakers and why addressing these upfront will increase your chances of getting booked by more than 50%. You're going to understand the little known reason why 60 to 90 minute speeches could dramatically cut your chances of getting a gig and how to solve it quickly and easily. We're going to teach you a scientifically proven way discovered by a Stanford researcher to easily boost trust in your copy and therefore speaking gigs. Why not revealing a forgivable flaw? Hinders credibility and one simple way to change this. Also, you'll understand what one seven figure advertising legend said is the most important part of any sales copy and why you must get this right, and how to ethically spy on meeting planners to get inside and on tra- track with them uh, so that you understand what they care about, how to make connections with them, and more. All of this and lots more during this one hour with Celine Haran. And Celine is a professional speaker, a marketing expert who knows exactly what it takes to create compelling marketing materials. Her background in human resources uh, gives her the insight into human psychology required for marketing your speaking availability for immediate results. And her website is marketingexpertforspeakers.com. Welcome to you, Celine. Thank you. Hello, Moni. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited that you could come and looking forward to this a lot. And we have a lot of ground to cover. That's a lot of great stuff you're going to be sharing during this hour. So maybe let's talk about, um, Are you? I know you're a speaker marketing expert. Are you also a speaker yourself? I am a fellow. I've been a member of Toastmasters for the past seven years. And my dream is to go onto the circuit and start speaking um, my past is actually in opera. I used to be an opera singer first, so I know what it is to be on the stage. But um, yes, so I have my seven years of Toastmaster experience, and yes, one day I do hope to be a, a professional speaker, and that's why I understand the speaking industry so well. Okay, and right now you're helping other speakers to get booked, and today you're going to share with us some of your main strategies for getting paid speaking engagement. So let's go ahead and dive right in, Celine with the three ways to prove your value to a meeting planner, maybe before you launch into that, it's probably glaringly obviously needed why you would need to prove your value. But um, a lot of times we forget this step. We just know that we're going to bring value, and we jump right over it and go right to the nuts and bolts with a meeting planner. So why don't you talk about the three ways to prove your value to a meeting planner? Yes, I'd love to, Marnie. Yes, I mean, meeting planners are very special people, and proving our value is very important. But before I answer the question, let me ask this. Do you know what meeting planners value? Listen to this story. A Fortune 500 manufacturer promised regular preventative maintenance, and they even guaranteed repairs would be made on site within two hours. The manufacturer was highly conscientious in satisfying their contract, so naturally they thought they were satisfying their customers. But here's the rub. The manufacturer's staff never told their customers when they had visited or what they did while there to serve the account. They missed a critical opportunity to reinforce what the customer valued most, peace of mind. And peace of mind is what the manufacturer was delivering by regularly and promptly visiting sites to keep systems running smoothly. But the customers didn't know about that. Consequently, they didn't value the manufacturer nearly as much as they should have. So the big question is, 
would we like to know how we can increase our value in the eyes of the meeting planner? It's really simple. We need to think like a meeting planner. And the three things we should do is we need to prove uh, our business value. We need to maximize our efficiency and create new speech formats. You see, the best way to prove your business value is to include case studies in your speaker pack. Case studies are so powerful. They are wonderful before and after stories. And it's a great way to tip the balance in your favor. And then the second thing we, need, we can do is, is maximize efficiency by ensuring our speaker pack is no more than three clicks away in our website. And also create varied speech formats for the meeting planner to choose from on our website. So those are the three ways we can boost our value money. That's awesome, including the case studies. Now, if you're not in a business setting, this could be including stories or testimonials from people that have had specific results uh, following a talk that you gave or by implementing something in one of your books. Um, that would be the equivalent of that. Three quick clicks or less in a website is so important. I can't even tell you how many times I've read a book or want to invite somebody on the show even here, and I go to their website and I can't find out how to contact them. I cannot see how to get a hold of them. And that's really frustrating. <laughs> so uh, you want to have that be super easy to find. And also the varied speech formats, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. So let's go ahead and talk about the four things that meeting planners need from speakers and why addressing these will increase your chances of getting booked by more than 50%. Well, to quote an author, Jean Cure, women speak because they wish to speak. Whereas a man speaks only when driven to speak by something outside himself. Like, for instance, he can't find his socks. <laughs> and as we women love to speak and write, create, we can create videos and proposals that meeting planners will love. And I have four things here that we can do to really help that process. The first thing is to create short videos, no more than three to five minutes per topic showing you interacting with an audience. And the second thing is a longer video, maybe just one um, at 5 to 15 minutes long that should be available, available upon request. And then number three is a customized proposal for the specific session, including valuable data and takeaways. And finally, a program description that clearly explains your program and how the audience will benefit. So that's the four ways that meeting planners need speakers and why addressing these things will increase them getting uh, meeting, getting booked more than 50%. Okay, and what do you say to the speaker who maybe, like yourself, is really just starting out and doesn't have these in hand? Um, what, what, what to do for those? That is a good question, Moni. Um, what can they do? Well, they can uh, uh, join Toastmasters will be by far the best thing that they can do, Moni. And ask to be videoed and go into competitions, and that's a great way to, to be seen talking in front of different crowds and bigger crowds as you go um, higher up through the competition levels, as you go through the areas and districts. You know, there's more people to speak in front of. And A, that will give the speakers lots and lots of experience and B it's a great opportunity to have yourself videoed in front of crowds. And so you would and so from that you could create, you know, a three to five minute uh, topic. Maybe you could have somebody um video you um giving a table topics which is um two to three minutes long and then an your icebreaker which is three to five minutes long. And then later on, when you become an advanced speaker, um, speeches are easily uh, 15 minutes long. I've created some of these myself. And if you were to become a, in leadership or an area governor, then, pe then you could have yourself recorded doing workshops or trainings. So there's wonderful ways you can um, practice 
um, speaking and learn why you're doing and have opportunities to have yourself recorded by other colleagues. And I know lots of Toastmasters do this all the time to great effect. And the great thing is, if you don't like one of the recordings, you'll be speaking again quite soon. And so you can keep recording and recording until you find speeches find speeches and presentations that you're happy with and confident to put them on your website. So that would be my suggestion. Right. I love how you worded this about tip because it's the four things meeting planners need that will increase your chances of being booked by more than 50%. And for those of you who don't currently have a video, maybe you've been speaking for 20 years, but you don't have a video yet, don't worry. There's still lots of meeting planners out there who can consider you, but it's true that more and more, especially in our digital society now, their expectation of meeting planners is that you have a video. At womenspeakers.com, there's a spot for a video right on the page there on your profile page. And we kind of expect that you'll have a video too. Uh, so, you know, I mean, it's just if you're going to take this seriously and go for it, you want to have a video. Now, I'm going to add I'm going to add a video to this. Um, you have the three to five minutes, the five to 15 minutes, the customized proposal, which we'll talk about in a moment. And then a program description, so three videos and a program description. And I'm going to add a video to this, which is just a one-minute video, just a one-minute highlight video that just pulls clips. And that's what um, most people's attention span that aren't speakers, that aren't speaker planners or speaker bookers, their attention span is going to be about one minute. And if you can bring them in in a minute, then they'll listen to you for longer. But what I encourage you to do is grab all your favorite clips from from your many different video um, that you've had recorded, put them into a one-minute clip so that you can get your highlights out there and um, pull somebody into the site. Now, why would you even want to do that? Because a lot of people who aren't speaker bookers actually are on a committee. They're actually ha they know a speaker booker. They go to a conference or they go somewhere where they bring in speakers. And if they really love what they see in your one minute and they pursue it farther, then you're gonna, your name is going to come up places that it wouldn't otherwise come up. So go ahead and consider that. Let's talk for just a minute about the customized proposal for specific sessions. And this is what's done. Uh, Speaker Match, for sure, a lot of different organizations out there. They have you, they have a whole bunch of speakers be invited or uh, available um, to, to submit. And what you submit is you submit a customized um, proposal and you do it by video so that the planner, you actually say the planner's name at the beginning and you um, you make a video just for that planner. One of the things that you mentioned, Celine, I want you to develop a little bit more here is um, when you have that customized proposal, what are some of the things that have to be in there? The things that need to be in there, Moni, are um, is, is make sure that the you talk about how you will bring again going back to the value we talked about at the top of the show is to study what the meeting planner is looking for you know what present what presentation she might say well i need somebody to come in and talk about this this and this and if you know that you have experience and those three things that she's looking for then say say those things in your one minute video or excuse me, in your customized proposal, and you say, this is what I know that you need, and this is how I can deliver it, and these are real results I've had in the past. And because it's important to be able to let her know that what you have to offer is valuable, that you know, valuable, and some takeaways. So the valuable data will be, okay, this is what. This is what I've done. So you will share a story of how in, in a presentation you did this. And, and then the, the takeaways will be, this is how I, um, I can help you. And so you would design it specifically for her and nobody else. And in every industry, we should do this. You know, I do this for mine as well, just to make the person feel that I'm really talking to you and that I really have something that I want to offer you and your delegates. And I really want to come and give something of value that not only will the delegates enjoy, but make your life easier and make you look good as well. And so that's that's what I would suggest with the customized proposals. Right. And you want to you want to actually use the words that they use in the pitch. Um, you want to use their words. Uh, that's a trick that goes back to writing a great resume. Is using that's the right. words that the you know the HR person put in the ad. 
Because that's, that's right. how they're thinking. That's how they're talking. That's what they're really looking for. So go ahead and make it real personal. I, I honestly yeah. feel like this is going to become bigger and bigger. And what's fun is that almost everybody's telephone right now can take a video. So there's really no reason why we can't do this. It is a little harder than it sounds. Like when you go to do it and you're looking for the, the spot to do it, you're going to find you have some lighting issues, some you know, noise issues, something like that. Yes, of course. Don't get discouraged. It might take you even two or three hours to find a location that you can do it. But once you find your location, once you find your spot in your home or in your neighborhood or in your office building or whatever that you can actually take videos from then on, it's easy. You just walk over to that spot, do it, and you're on the way. Okay, this is Marty. We're visiting today with Selena Horan from MarketingExpertForSpeakers.com. We're going to come back and talk about the proven way to easily boost trust in your copy and therefore get more speaking gigs. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie. Our guest today, Celine Horan, is here sharing with us the nine key strategies for booking paid speaking engagements. And we're going to move right along here, Celine, with the little-known reason why 60- to 90-minute speeches could dramatically cut your chances of getting a gig. Yes. I'd like to share a proverb Proverbs twenty five, eleven to twelve. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Here's a story. According to Miranda Van Brook from the MPI, participants are no longer willing to sit through lengthy presentations, so are being creative in the way they deliver meetings and events. Here's the point. Speakers are requested to shorten their speeches to 15-minute flashpoint sessions. What this means for you, it gives you a chance to interact with the delegates and take deeper dives into parts of your expertise that interest them or however long the audience needs, making the whole experience more fun and interactive for you both. Think about it. This is so powerful because it gives you ringside seat and deeper dives into what is on the mind of your target audience. And once you know that, you're golden. You can create new and exciting info products that your target audience will love to buy from you. And here's a tip. If you are willing to slice your speech into 15-minute flash points, make a point of that on your site and in your one sheet. And once you have experienced it firsthand, write a case study about it as soon as you can and add it to your speaker pack. So that's how you can overcome concerns over long speeches quickly and easily, Marnie. You know, I uh, when I love your idea. And when I wrote the book ebooks, Idea to Amazon in 14 Days, I talked in there about the different levels of communication. And so... When you have an area of expertise, when you've got a topic that you are ready to go share, I think that you should break it down into multiple different concepts. And so first of all, you would have your full topic. Let's say that it's a 90-minute presentation. But actually, if you were to have to do so, you could probably create a book or a whole weekend seminar out of that one topic because most topics, by the time you dig down to the, you know, to the bottom of it, there's so much material and good stuff there that it's not like you could only speak for 90 minutes about this. It's that you're trying to limit your speech to 90 minutes, right? So so you've got this great topic and you're limiting it to 90 minutes. But the reality is that you can take it all way, 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 way back down. So the smallest amount that you can talk about your favorite topic is in 140 characters in a Twitter post, okay? So that's the tiniest that you can talk about it. And you actually can talk about your favorite topic in 140 characters. And then next up from there, you can talk about it in a blog post, which is like 300 to 500 words. Then from there, you can talk about it in an article, which is 500 to 1,500 words. 
Then from there, you can do it in a like an ebook or a white paper, which is anywhere from 1,500 words to you know several thousand words. And then you can take it to a book. You can also do your speeches in the same way. So you want to be super flexible with your topic, and don't ever say, "I, I love your point here." Don't ever say, oh, I couldn't possibly do it in less than 90 minutes. Of course you can do it in less than 90 minutes. You could actually give value in 140 characters if your life depended on it. So be flexible and include the ways that you can be flexible um, when you're talking to a meeting planner. So when you're when you're thinking about this, Celine, what I've just said, uh, does that make sense to you? Yes, that's it's fantastic. Saying that you can make it 140 characters and grow from there, that's amazing. You know, I've never thought of it that way, but it's so true. And it's so true that, you know, when push comes to shove, we can say what we need to say in 140 characters. You know, some of the best sayings are, you know, less than that. So, you know, sometimes brevity is, is the best policy. But then also if you need to... You know, if you're expected to offer information um, for 60 minutes, then, you know, be ready to do that too and enjoy it. Enjoy the process, enjoy what you learn, enjoy the feedback, and really have a good time with it. And I think a lot of people miss a lot of good value in their speeches, in their books, by not pulling out the sound bites, pulling out the 140 character quotes, I call them quotable, and using those as social media things. So, when you have a quote out of your book, you would quote yourself just in the same way as you quote other people. Like we say, well, you know, Beethoven said, I write you letters by the thousands in my thoughts. I love that. I love that quote. And that's how I feel about some of my great friends. You know, sometimes I don't get to talk to them or write to them for a long time, but I love that quote. I can really resonate with that. But there are quotes from my book that other people resonate with, and they quote me. But how do they come to quote you? They come to quote you because at some point it's been pulled out of the big mass of the context, context and it's been created into a quote. And so you can help people with that by providing some quotables on your site that they can use in their social media or in their publicity materials like that. Let's, uh, Celine, move on to a scientifically proven way to easily boost your traffic or your copy and therefore your speaking gigs. In Luke 35, it reads, Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Hmm. Has it ever happened to you? You're reading a piece of copy, and for whatever reason, you've decided not to buy the seller's product. You can't put your finger on why. You just feel you can't trust them. Now, researcher B.J. Fogg from Stanford University presents this theory. And this is this is how it goes. Perceived trustworthiness add perceived expertise equals perceived credibility. So what am I saying? So what is he saying, in fact? He's saying that basically third-party endorsements and testimonials, which you mentioned earlier, Marnie, are the most important thing and very valuable to meeting planners because they build trust. And if you do not have any, then, as I said earlier, create case studies instead until you do, or little stories until you do have have uh, endorsements and testimonials. Mm, right. So, I mean, I think that we all know this, and this is getting, again, more and more to be the truth, um, is that we almost, as a culture, we value a stranger's opinion of something more than our own judgment of it. Uh, we see this whether we're picking a movie to watch. We go, how many stars does it have? <laughs> we don't That's even know right. the values of the people who starred it. We have no idea if they like murders or, you know, mm-hmm. if they love, you know, pornographic stuff. You know, we don't know who starred it, but yet when we look at it, we just make a snap judgment. Oh, it has four and a half stars. I bet it's really good. You know, so the bottom line is that as we go farther into this cultural thinking process where other people are making our decisions for us, your inclusion of third-party testimonials of quotes and of um, stories of people who have been helped by you, these become ever so much more valuable. Um, and if the person if the person knows the name of the person who's quoted it, if they're already familiar with them, if maybe they love that author or that speaker or whatever, well, even better, even better. Yeah, so good. 
So uh, you, your next one is to why not revealing a forgivable flaw can hinder your credibility. And I, I love this. Let's talk about this for a little bit because this is such a great point. It's so true. <laughs> yes, it is. It's not something we think about often, but it is something that uh, does actually happen. So I have an interesting quote here from Bruce Lee, the actor. He once said, Mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit them. Uh. <laughs> so, yes, mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit them. So do you recall the sock puppet in the late 90s? Sure. It was a roaring success one minute and disappeared the next. The sock puppet, which was the brainchild of Pets.com, if it wasn't making appearances in the company's own commercials, it was doing interviews on television programs such as Nightline, Good Morning America, and Live with Regis and Kathy Lee. And in 1999, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade even featured a balloon created in its image. The sock puppet's most notable appearance was in an eye-watering 1.2 million advertisement featured in the 20,000 Super Bowl. But then suddenly, out of a flash, poof, the company was gone, disappeared forever. So what went wrong? Part of the problem was that the company brought, bought into its own hype. But the biggest sin was that Pets.com's own owners, Humor, Windblad, Venture Partners, ignored the fundamentals. In a move that can only be described as gross negligence, Humor, Windblad, didn't bother to do any independent marketing research to see if there was a market for the sock puppet. And just like that, $50 million of investor money dis disappeared in, into the litter box of history. So the takeaway is, don't ignore the fundamentals. All businesses go through periods of growth that are usually made on the back of huge mistakes. But it takes a big man or woman to admit it. And in so doing, you will show yourself normal and meeting planners will grow to know, like, and trust you even more. So that's how you can overcome that issue. Marnie. Hmm. I think it's so important to be vulnerable. And obviously there is a place for everything and a place where you shouldn't share everything. Uh, from the platform is not the place to share every last thing, obviously. But no, no, that if you if you will be vulnerable about your own weaknesses, about mistakes you've made, and how you've come back from that, um, it will just endear you to your audience. Um, there is there is no greater motivation for an audience than hearing a speaker who has been through something really difficult, possibly even self inflicted who has come back and has really um, made a difference in their, you know, made a big turnaround, a big change in their own life and something that is reproducible. Those are, you know, most of the books that we love, those, that's what it's about. Uh, somebody that it was in a predicament and it came out of it. And so when you're willing to share your own vulnerabilities, not only does it level the playing field for the audience a little bit so that they can relate to you instead of saying, well, that's fine for her, but I could never do that. That's the last thing you want your audience to feel. Um, now, if you're an Olympian, maybe you do want your audience to feel that way, but not if you're a speaker who's trying to communicate something to go home and apply to your life. Uh, so uh, you want to you level the playing field a little bit, and you want to endear them to yourself, which the best way to do that is to be true, be honest, be vulnerable, and uh, let them see the, see the real you. Um, that's kind of scary sometimes, Celine, don't you think, to go ahead and really just lay it out there the way it is? Oh, yes, definitely. It takes a lot of courage to, to um, be vulnerable. But, again, if you choose, you, choose your, um, you choose your nuggets of truth wisely, then it can be actually empowering for both you and the, and the, and the hearer. Um, as you say, you know, some things are best 
uh, left unsaid, but there are nuggets of information that we have that actually can help others. Um, uh, you know, for example, there's a, a gentleman um, who he's called uh, Caesar Milan, and he um, he's a he's called the Dog Whisperer, and he um, escaped from Mexico. He ran across the border and was living homeless. Now some other people, and now he's a you know he's on TV. He does incredible work with dogs. He's super famous. He travels around the world. He even recently came to visit visit us here in Switzerland. And um, we gave him a massive reception. Um, but we are inspired by his story. We think, wow, this, this Mexican man, you know, who had this incredible gift at home um, with dogs from a very young age, you know, was willing to run away from home and live homeless for quite a while and, and look at, at his life now. And so, you know, we find it inspiring. We think, wow, if he can do go through that and still have a fantastically successful career, then there's no reason we can't as well. Hmm, right. I I think that the one rule that I have that I'll share here for myself, if I'm ever going to use a story that includes another person, um, especially the difficulty in the life of another person that was turned around, I always get their permission before I do it. Um, it is one thing for you to share your own story, but when you go into sharing somebody else's story, that's when you want to make sure that they're on board. I had a, a wonderful example of this a few years ago. I was going to share at a, a large convention, and, and um, I wanted to share a story that had happened several years before, but in order to do so, I needed to kind of um, paint the picture of where this gal was before she trusted Christ, and her life really turned around dramatically. And so I contacted her, and I said, I said, would you mind if I shared your story? And she replied back. It was by email. She replied back, and she said, of course I don't mind. She said, it's your story, too. And a lot of people who use um, these case studies or these stories that we want to share in our talks, uh, people are happy to let you share how something you said or something you did or something you made of them aware of or available to them changed how their life went or how their business went. And so be sure to ask, but don't just get up and talk about somebody else's life, uh, including your children, by the way, including anybody, your spouse, um, without their permission. But once you have their permission, then go ahead and go for it. And it's really amazing how vulnerability increases credibility instead of decreases it. This is Marnie Fleberg. We're visiting today with Celine Horan on the nine key strategies for booking paid speaking engagements. We're going to come right back and talk about uh, what one seven-figure advertising legend said is the most important part of your sales copy. We'll be right back. Christian Women's Events. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian Women's Events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Hey, welcome back. It's Marnie, and our guest today is Celine Horan of MarketingExpertForSpeakers.com. We're talking about the nine key strategies for booking paid speaking engagements. Celine, let's walk right forward into this next point, which is that what one seven-figure advertising legend said is the most important part of any sales copy and why you absolutely must get this part right. <laughs> exactly. Well, we all do this. Um, we quickly scan the subject lines in our inboxes, searching for something, anything to spark our interest and grab our attention, yet nothing does. And according to David Ogilvy, one of the legends of advertising, the headline is the most important part of an advertisement. On average, 
five times as many people read the headline as read the body copy. That's how, the head, that's how important the headline is. But more often than not, it doesn't grab attention because it lacks four components. Components that make all headlines superbly powerful. The components are initials, the four U's for ease of memory. The four U's describe the four vital components needed to give a headline its oomph. The four U's give every headline power, strength, and a boost of energy. The four U's are, number one, urgency. The headline should spark an I-want-it-now desire in our consumer. Number two, usefulness. The headline should say something that strongly resonates with the consumer offering value. Number three, uniqueness. The headline should suggest its offering, its offering is different from anything else of its type. That in some way it's unique or offers something different from the rest. And number four, be ultra-specific. Clarity is key. The consumer should know exactly what benefits await her. The four U's are very powerful, yet amazingly simple. And when put together, they grab your consumer by the collar, spark desire, and start building credibility and urge her to keep reading. Now, I'm going to read out two headlines, and I want you to decide which one grabs your attention most. Is it headline A or headline B, Marnie? So headline A. <laughs> Speakers, five new powerful copywriting techniques to get more of your audience to buy your product, your info product now. Headline B, powerful copywriting technique gets audience to buy. Oh, yeah. Easily A. <laughs> Right, exactly. So that's so. If you said A, that's exactly right. Well done. So, how would you score it from the four U's? Would you score it one, two, three, or four? Well, it definitely ha it definitely had urgency um, to buy your product now. It definitely had usefulness how how to get them to buy the product. It had uniqueness in that it's going to give me five specific ones, and then that's actually the the fourth one maybe is ultra-specific. But I think the ultra-specific is also about that it started with my title, speaker. It was a talking to me in specific. Now read your second one again because that one's very much more vague. The usefulness. We're talking about usefulness? No, the, power, the B, powerful. Ah, okay, speakers. Five new Hang on, just for the listener. Okay, you're going to read A first and then read B. Okay. Yeah. So would you like me to read, read A again? Yep, read A and then B. Yep. Okay. Speakers, five new powerful copywriting techniques to get more of your audience to buy your info product now. So that's that one. And B... Powerful copywriting technique gets audience to buy. It's so There's passive. A big difference. Even the word, even the word "get" is passive compared to "get." Get it now, you know. Do it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get more. I mean, the yeah. word "more" is a very juicy word, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But, yeah, that's that's an excellent example, and I love the for you is um, urgency, usefulness, uniqueness, and ultra specific. Those are those are great, and I I think that the five times, only five times as many people read the headlines as the copy is amazing. I would I would guess it would be a hundred times or even more. Like I think of my inbox, oh my goodness, how many I don't read. I mean I I don't read a lot of them, and the title makes all the difference. Of course, the from <laughs> who it's from makes the biggest difference. But then that the, beyond that, then the title of course makes a huge difference if I don't know exactly who it's from or if it's someone that I'm maybe familiar with in a um, marketing way, uh, the title will make all the difference whether I even open it or not. So huge, 
huge important thing. Let's go ahead forward and talk about how to ethically spy on events on yourself. This is kind of a funny um, funny way to put this, but I like it because really what, what you're doing as a speaker is you're trying to get your name in front of event planners who are booking speakers. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. If they don't know you speak, they can't invite you. So whether you're joining directories or bureaus or mailings or calls or you know, social media or whatever, the goal is to be seen by them in a good light. And so we're going to talk next about how to really get on the inside track with some of these meeting planners. So go ahead and, and talk to us about that, Celine. Yes, I'd love to, Money. So the first thing I would suggest is to find the ideal um, meeting planner that you want to talk to and really focus your energy on just one or two um, uh, meeting planners. Look at the through LinkedIn. Look at you know and find look by looking at location, what their function is, what le- senior level they are. And you know where they work, or what speaker organization or bureau that they are a part of. And once you've done those things, the second thing I would suggest is to create an avatar, which is creating is is a person. It's a blueprint of the person that you're going to talk to, even though you can't see them quite yet. You've not met them, so you Im- create this imaginary person, and it could be a male or a female. And, you know, be based in the location, the function, the senior level and speaker organization that you've you've found or decided that you're interested in. And then, you know, tag on this person's age, um, other talents, anything you wish to really build a profile of your avatar and then give her a name. And, for example, you could call her Sue. So, and so once you've decided on your avatar, then you can... Then the next thing I would suggest you do is to start gathering information on Sue. So go to Sue's page and see if they have any updates under their contact name. And so that's one of the fastest ways to find is to ethically spy on Sue. You can just go into her profile and you see her photograph on the left, her basic information on the right, and then she has her contact details, but immediately underneath you will find any updates that she's made really quickly and easily. So that's one thing you can do. And then the next thing you can do is see if she's left any interesting comments in groups that you both share. You do this by going into the group, clicking on Members, scrolling down to... Sue's profile, and then clicking on a link that's called See Activity by her name. And you will then see what she's been saying um, throughout LinkedIn. And again, take note of the things that she's been saying and see if there's any connection between the two of you, anything that that strikes a common bond between you. And if not, don't worry, just write it down because I'm sure later on you'll find something interesting to say to her. And then the next thing you can do is at the top of LinkedIn, there is a connections button. And once you look at that, click that, you click on the keep in touch button and see if there are birthdays or if Sue's celebrating something very important. When I go into LinkedIn, what I notice a lot of is people do like to share it's their birthday or LinkedIn automatically reveals that and uh, their business anniversaries. And these things are very important to people, so it's a great opportunity to make a note of these things that are important to Sue. The next thing you can do if you don't have time to sit and do the research yourself is you can you can create searches. You can do a save. You can create a profile of the person you want to save, and then you'll get an alert in your inbox. As soon as that person has said anything or, or it's her birthday or she's having an anniversary, these things will come into your inbox. And then the, another thing you can do is to, and then another thing I would suggest you do is to look out for opportunities for even a deeper personal connection. And the way you do that is you scan their job history on their page and their experience until you understand their career path and all roles they have done. And while doing that, try to find out 
if Sue has said anything or done anything that will allow you to have more personal connection with them. For example, you may have um, you may have both gone to the same alma mater or may have worked for the same company or may even know the same person or something or have um, something you would not expect in her profile that will connect you to her. And then finally is see what groups she is in and as this will inform you of her interest and af- and, af- and af- affinities. So even if she's um, you're not in the same groups, by looking at the groups that she's connected with, it will show it will reveal to you, you know, what maybe what hobbies she has, what uh, industries she's interested in, um, what uh, and other things that she may be interested in that you could maybe connect and, and say something about that when you talk to her. So that's how you can ethically spy on meeting planners and find out about what they care about money. Great tips. Okay, this is Marnie. We're talking to Celine Haran about the nine key strategies for booking paid speaking engagements. We're going to come right back and talk about what to actually say to the meeting planners once you find them. We'll be right back. What's your next step? Are you tired of scouring the internet to find the training you need to take you from where you are today to where you want to be? Stop searching and start moving towards your goals with over 150 targeted training modules available to you at Marnie.com. You can learn how to speak, how to write, how to get published, how to get media coverage, and so much more. All available at Marnie.com. That's M-A-R-N-I-E.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and we're coming into the home stretch here with our guest today, Celine Haran from Marketing Experts for Speak Marketing dot com. And Celine, uh, before we go into this, what you actually say to meeting clients, you actually over at your website, which is again Marketing Experts dot com, you're offering a free report to our guest called Seven Copywriting Mistakes Speakers Make. And maybe can you just give us a real briefly? Um, Maybe a sample of one or two of those. Yes, of course. Um, in 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 the report, I talk the seven things I talk about are we talk about how to build trustworthiness, credibility. We, we I I touch on the four U's which you discussed today. I talk about um, how the the style of writing um, speak. Um, we're used to writing like um, we're at university when writing as a, in sales copy is so completely different. And sometimes changing the style of writing is kind of a challenge for people. So I go through and explain, you know, how you can work through that. And also um, I give some other examples, you know, some great simple examples that uh, speakers can follow and use in their own marketing materials. Great, and you guys can check that out over at marketingexpertsforspeakers.com. That's the lean site, and also um, should lots more great resources for you over there. Okay, let's talk about what you're going to say to a meeting planner. Okay, so you've stalked them a little bit, <laughs> and you kind of got to know <laughs> and now you have an opportunity for connection. Uh, so what are you going to say? Yes, well, according to MPI leader Miranda Van Brook, she urges speakers to develop she urges speakers to develop a long term relationship with them. She really wants speakers to connect with her and I have nine fantastic ways we can do do just that and The first thing we can do is to decide to become a content creator and how that works is once you've found out everything about Sue and you've made a little list of all the things that she's interested in, and maybe even found out what the kind of things that she's reading as well, you can go and find information that you think she would find interesting. And if it's and even easier, if it's in um, LinkedIn Pulse, which is if you click on that, it just gives you a feed of all the exciting and interesting information and blogs and articles people are writing, and you think, Sue would love that. And then you just click and share it and add her email, boom, and it's done. One second. And that's a fantastic way to really uh, have a connection with her and, and make give her something of value that will help her. And the next thing yeah. you can do is you can you can just email if you if she's in your number one connection, 
you can simply email her and ask if you can help. And then politely say, can we connect? And then maybe suggest if there's anybody in my connections um, that I could recommend to you, just let me know. The third thing you can do is always say something really meaningful and then ask to connect. And then the fourth thing, again, is say something meaningful and then recommend them to a colleague. And then the fifth thing is you can say something meaningful and then tell them that you'd love to meet up with them because you're nearby, maybe you live close by, and you would like to invite them for coffee. The next thing you can do is say something meaningful and mention you will be attending her meeting conference really soon and just want to come in and say hi. The next thing you can do is say something meaningful and ask if you can help her in any way in any way possible. And then number eight is to say congratulations or happy birthday or happy anniversary if Sue's anniversary comes up in LinkedIn. And then finally Simply ask if um, for an introduction. If you if Sue is not on your first level, she's on second or third, but you notice somebody in your connections is connected to her, ask them politely if you wouldn't mind if they wouldn't mind introducing you to to Sue, and you can say this is my name is Jane. I'm a speaker. She has a speaking speaking gig coming up, or I just really want to be helpful to her. Would you be so kind as to introduce me? You don't have to if you don't want to, if you don't feel comfortable or you don't know Sue very well. But if you're in a position to introduce me, then I would be really, really grateful. So those are the ways I would suggest that you can connect. You know, there's nine fantastic ways to connect with Sue on LinkedIn, Marnie. Yeah, that's great. And I think that a lot of times it is kind of, uh, the question is, how could I do it? You know, where where do I come in? And even, you know, for me, I'm pretty cautious about assuming that because they're in a group that's, you know, a real heartfelt interest of theirs, it may or may not be. They may be joined a group uh, because someone they wanted to get to know is in that group and they don't have any interest in there. So, you know, to kind of step step kind of gently into these, um, into any assumptions but to go ahead and find your areas of commonality and then go forward from that. And I think for me, too, I prefer I prefer someone to connect with me in a, what would I call it, a very open and honest way instead of pretending like there's something between us before we even connected. Um, I think people see through that, that particular um, approach pretty easily, so you don't want to overplay your hand on your areas of commonality, but you surely can use them as a stepping stone uh, with a person. Um, having said that, is, is anything else coming right to your mind? I mean, those are the two kind of cautions, but these are just great, great tips. Great. That's fantastic. Okay, and going back now, um, I've I've never created an avatar for somebody and is that something that LinkedIn actually has? Uh, does LinkedIn actually do that for you, or is that something you just created on your own? Yes, there's something you need to create on your own. That's okay. yeah, and yeah. yes, you just so, decide the kind of person you'd like to meet, or you know, look okay. at meeting planners and and um, yeah, and then create something. So it makes it oh. easier to I think say that's something. The part I missed there. I, okay, so you're actually creating an avatar that would be your ideal meeting planner. Correct. That's what you were doing there. Okay, great. That's the part Correct. that I kind of yeah. found out. I thought you were creating an avatar for every meeting planner, and I was like, oh. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, yes, exactly. That's, that's an awesome idea. Great. Okay, so just to come yeah. up with your – basically, you're coming up with your ideal audience as far as your target market. Who is this meeting planner? What does he or she look like? What are they looking for? How often are they inviting speakers? What kind of programs are they putting on? Right, all of this information that you need to have in order to begin your search. Love that. Yes. Love that. Yes. Yeah. I think and it makes it a lot easier if you have a focus and then, you know, then you have a single strategy that you can move forward with. Right, right. Otherwise, Absolutely. it's overwhelming, I think. 
if you are if you are the type of person that has a lot of this going on, like um, that you have multiple, like hundreds of contacts with your speaker planners and uh, event bookers and things like that, what you want to do is you want to get nimble, N-I-M-B-L-E dot com. They don't pay me to say that, but it's just such a wonderful um, system that allows you to enter in your contact and they'll identify where that particular planner hangs out because some of them hang out on LinkedIn. A lot of them do. But actually a lot of them prefer Twitter or Facebook uh, over LinkedIn and you can spend all day long trying to get a hold of them at LinkedIn but they're not there. And what Nimble does is it shows you where each of these people is active and so you can actually go directly where the planner is. You can talk to them what I say, in their own language. If they prefer Facebook to LinkedIn, you want to be talking to them at Facebook. So I love Nimble for that. really simplifies um, that part of my life where I can identify where a person is actually hanging out. Blaine, we've covered a lot of ground during this last hour, and I want you to just close with how to use these age-old tricks to explode someone's speaking schedule. No matter maybe they're a beginner, maybe they're experienced, um, how can we actually put these into effect now, tie it all together for us? Um, yes, that, absolutely, yes. My question, I have three very short questions. How far are you prepared to go to get the gig? Are you willing to go the extra mile to help another? And when someone says thank you, how does it make you feel? So a speaker friend of mine did a few workshops for her local score office, a government agency that helps entrepreneurs. She had approached score before with no result, so decided to go to one of their workshops where she met the right person to speak to and got the gig. So as you can see, if you are prepared to go the extra mile, you're, you may be 50% more likely to get the speaking gig and maybe even some spin-off gigs from that also. And my second story is, Debbie Taylor from TaylorMade Events, an events and speaker agency, shared a wonderful story in a speaker magazine recently where she recalled how one speaker went out of her way to make the meeting planner look good. What happened was, Debbie and a speaker client of hers were talking, and during that conversation, Debbie happened to mention that the client was undergoing some surgery and said nothing more about it. When the speaker arrived at the venue, she went out of her way to find the planner and said to her, I'm here. If there is anything I can do for you, the client if, if there is anything I can do for you. So the client was touched by the caring gesture and Debbie was delighted. One year ago I purchased an online training course and enjoyed the training very, very much. And a few weeks later, as I was picking up the post, I noticed in the corner of my eye a red shiny card. And I thought, ooh, that looks interesting. And immediately brought it to the front of my pile of posts and proceeded to quickly read it. And it read, thank you. You're awesome. Yes, you. I thought, wow. Who would send me such a wonderful card? I turned it over to find a little typed message expressing thanks from the folks whom training program I purchased just a few weeks previously. And it was hand signed. And it, it said thank you and my name. And my address was handwritten too. I was so impressed. That was sent to me a year ago this month and I keep it on my desk. Now, mm. according to Card Store, an online card store surveyed over 1,000 small businesses that began sending out personalized cards found that 30% reported a spike in business as a result of sending out cards. So sending a thank you card after you have completed a speaking engagement is one of the great ways to start the 12-touch process. So you That's see, if you... Awesome. <laughs> That's so awesome, and we are at the end of our hour. Celine, what a fantastic program. Thank you for all this great content. You're welcome, Mon. It's been my pleasure. And it's been my pleasure to have you, and thank you guys for being here. You can check out more about Celine over at her website, Marketing Expert 
marketingexpertsforspeakers.com. That's marketingexpertsforspeakers.com. This is Marnie.com. Hoping you have a wonderful day and a great week. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.